Hello, and welcome to this little corner of the internet. I'm your host, Sam Summers, and today we will be talking about my learning cohorts experiments and finding new and different wonderful things for mobile learning. We'll talk about a project in which I created that will allow students to utilize mobile learning apps, programs, and skills. We will talk about a questionnaire that I created for teachers. I was unable to access students at this moment in time due to COVID, so I talked with a teacher friend of mine. We will also talk about different examples of ways in which students will use mobile devices for the project that I, I explained in the first segment, both inside and outside the classroom. And then after that, I hope you will take away from this a couple of different ways in which you can engage students or engage your teacher in project-based learning with mobile devices. Let's get started. Let's talk project. Now, this is a social studies project for high schoolers. And generally, I would expect it to be 11th or 12th grade, but who knows? Perhaps a 9th or 10th grader is academically ready for this. Now, they're going to work in groups of three to four to examine pandemics and how they affect humanity. And they're going to answer two questions. One, in what ways have pandemics changed human society? And two, when you examine these changes, are these pandemics events which cause more good or bad for humanity? Now, they're going to examine three pandemics that have occurred over the course of history, whether that's Black Death, the Spanish flu of 1918, swine or bird flu, some other influenza, measles, yellow fever, COVID-19 is even in there. And they're going to be graded upon their analytical thinking, problem solving, and communication standards. I want to see them gather evidence from a variety of different sources. I want them to frame, pose questions, you know, answer these questions, make it personal. I don't want to see them just gathering information and putting it together. I want them to take a viewpoint. I want to see them use chronology to display cause and effect relationships. I want them to detect continuity, change over time. And in the problem solving, I want them to look at, are they choosing appropriate sources? Are they using primary sources as well as secondary sources? And this is to provide depth to their analysis, a broader understanding of this topic. And when we talk about communication, it's not just communicating the project, but did they ask the teacher for help? Were they able to communicate in writing the findings of the group? And this will become a little bit more evident later. Okay, Did they create a visual presentation? So are they communicating in a bunch of different ways? And I want to see how creative they get. And these all kind of address those 21st century skills, okay? And so what they're going to do when they examine these three historic cases of pandemic infection, they're going to produce a visual, something that can be put on the wall, maybe on a website. This is something that 
can be shown beyond just their in-class presentation. I want them to compare the social toll each of the pandemics took on the world. So they're going to provide case numbers, deaths, displacement numbers, okay? I want to see the impact this has had on society. And with this, they're going to provide one of the following things. There's five things they can provide one of. They're going to answer either how pandemics change societies, so medical technology, social structures, power structures, political alignments, wars, whether they're caused, prevented, or stopped, okay? Geographic change. Did the actual earth change because of a pandemic? Or a chronology of the pandemics in order to understand how they fit into the time period in which they occurred in. So this chronology is going to also look for other events that happened during these pandemic events. Or an economic analysis of the effect of each virus. Okay, This one is going to be much easier with a modern pandemic. So things like COVID, bird and swine flu, influenza in 1918. Okay. The fourth thing they can examine is the social changes each virus brought. This is fairly simple, straightforward. How did society change? Wealthy, poor, things like that. Look at these different things and examine. And into this can come different things like the arcs as well. And the final thing is they could provide a demographic analysis of the three pandemics. Okay, and so this is looking at death numbers, who died, where did they die, these different things. Okay, and these are most likely going to be easiest done with a modern pandemic. With the exception, maybe, of something like the Plague of Justinian that was fairly well written about. But you also have to question the sources. Okay. The fourth thing they will do is they'll prepare a 10 to 15 minute presentation. This is going to be where they're going to utilize that mobile technology uh, available to them. Things like PowerPoint, video, posters, iMovie. They can create a movie, Flipgrid, and they, they're going to use all these different technologies in order to really get this project going and bring it alive. Okay. Now, each student group will be provided with a rubric that shows them how to meet the standard, how to meet the gradable standard. And this is a project which can be altered to fit into a literature class, a health class, an art class, or even a science class. Okay. Now we are going to discuss the finding of the cohort and what different technologies they use, and then we'll talk about the interview that I had. All right. So my cohort really showed a bunch of different awesome things that students can use when doing mobile learning. Um, one of my favorites that I found through via Brandon Guzman and a couple others is Flipgrid. I really am interested in this and looking at how it really gets going. And so this one was really, really new to me. And this was probably the one that I liked the most that got I got exposed to. Now, I did see a bunch of things that I've seen before. Uh, Google Docs. We've got Evernote. Excuse me. We have things like iMovie. 
we've got things like Google Forms, which are great. Um, and so these are all things which I have familiarity with, and I've seen that everybody else that's in my position kind of does as well. Um, now, one thing that I brought up was Wikipedia, whether to use or not to use, and I think uh, Carolyn really, Carolyn and Eugen both brought up some pretty interesting, good points, and they said, yes, use it, but educate the students on it. And I agree with something that Sean said, is that you've got to educate not only the students, but also maybe t other teachers around you. This is a great, Wikipedia is a great place to start, but it's not where you want to end up at. And so, when I look at these, these, we all kind of have similar ideas, but I did find a new one. Now, one that I shared, which I think that a lot of people use as an entertaining thing, an entertainment value uh, application is Sporkle, and it's a quiz program. There's just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of quizzes, and I've used it with historical quizzes, used it with geography quizzes, and I really, really think it's great. Now... When I'm going about this, and I'm talking about me, I and one of the things, the tools that I have found indispensable for mobile learning is the Word, MS Word's Citation Generator. And this is a tool which allows you to generate citations for your papers, your projects, in APA, Chicago, MLA, and a variety of different citations. And this is something that I teach each one of my classes. For a unique one that uh, maybe not a lot of people know is a website called The Map is History. And I recommend this because it is a bunch of maps with voiceovers that kind of talk about hi historical events along these maps. And I really think it's great to visually look at the geography of what is going on in history. Now, let's talk about my interview next. For the assignment, we were supposed to create a survey to interview students. Unfortunately, due to my circumstance with COVID, uh, I don't really have access to students uh, of the age range that I would want to interview, um, or really any student at all. And so I created an interview for a teacher. And I also answered the questions as well. And so our discussion centered around these five questions. Number one, how do you determine which app a student can and cannot use? And this is something that if a student is using an app and I don't know what it is and they're producing something that's interesting, I want to know what it is. I want them to tell me what it is. Let me know. Let me have a go at it and let me take a look at it. See how user friendly it is. Okay. If they're turning something in on this app and I can't access it, then I can't grade it. So if they're using it, I need to take a look at it to let them know if they can use it. I can't shut them down and say, no, you can't use it because I don't know what it is. I have to get to know it. And so I have to be open to new things. And my fellow instructor was a little bit more rigid uh, she stated, and a lot of this has to do because she's a music teacher, that it has to be apps which are relevant to her subject area. And so uh, garage band, things like this, things that allow them to create music or listen to music, 
Uh, these are the ones that she allows. Other ones really don't belong in her classroom. Question number two. When you structure your time for use of mobile learning devices, what factors do you take into my con your consideration? Uh, for my friend, uh, she took into consideration really the usefulness of them in the classroom. Again, she's a music teacher, and so there's really... She's limited to a narrower range. Uh, for me, when I structure my time for use of mobile learning devices, it has to go around the assignment. For me, it is, is there a project? Is there an assignment? Is there something that you can utilize as a mobile device for? Great. If not, let's put the devices away and let's engage the way classroom is, is constructed to be engaged in. Number three, do you have concerns regarding the use of mobile learning in your classroom? Both of us really kind of voice the same concern. Yes. Our concern, especially with things like phones and laptops, is students will not be engaging in the actual learning activity. This is our, this is, I think this is the concern that teachers across time share. Okay. Number four, in what way can mobile learning enhance your classroom? In what ways can it inhibit your classroom? Well, the inhibitation goes along a little bit with the last uh, answer is it can be distracting and a student can miss something. But the way it can enhance, you can bring video into the uh, classroom, you can bring voiceover maps from, from different, you can just bring all sorts of different quizzes and different valuable resources into the classroom. So mobile learning has a, the chance to really enhance my classroom. My friend, her classroom, the music, it's so much easier to listen to music, you know, you can pull it off the internet, you can listen to it, you can download it, you can look at it. And so it it's something which really has the ability to really, in a lot of different ways, enhance the classroom really well. But the inhibition is how it's used. And for the fifth question, do you like mobile learning? Why or why not? I answered, I'm kind of in the middle. I like it because of the accessibility things and the possibility of things, but I'm concerned because of the ability for students to be, get off track. My colleague, she said she's not a fan of it because she finds that her students are more often than not off track and not do it. And remember, she's very, in a, in, she's in a specialized subject, music, and so it's something that she's dealing with here. Okay, and so she's not a fan of it unless she's really controlling what they're doing. In this final segment, we will talk a little bit more about mobile learning, especially the ways in which I've found students have been able to use uh, mobile devices for projects inside and outside the classroom. And then I'm going to sign off. Okay. Now, let's talk about mobile learning devices inside the classroom and the ways in which students have used them. And I've found great ways for them to be used. Um, Google Docs is a good one, uh, both inside and outside the classroom, for students to bring their work together and not and allow the group to all have access to it at the exact same time. Um, it's wonderful. I love it. Uh, let's talk Sporkle. This is a sporkle.com, S-P-O-R-C-L-E.com. If you've never been there, check it out. It's a quiz website. It's got geography, history, there's music, there's science, there's all sorts of different quizzes, and it's great. 
And I think that you can apply mobile learning things in the classroom if you look to insert them into your lesson. You have to be willing to. And so these are the ways in which students can use or teachers can use mobile learning. Um, now, I want to thank for this episode Mandy, uh, my friend Mandy. She's a teacher in Beijing. And she allowed me to do this interview with her. Um, for my references, I access the Arizona Department of Education uh, for their history and social science standards. And I also accessed um, battleforkids.org uh, for the framework for 21st century learning. And I want to thank both of them for the ability to access those sources. My name is Sam Summers. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you next time. Bye.